Our text tonight for the sermon is taken from the book of John, chapter 7, verses 37 to 39. On the last day of the feast, the great day, Jesus stood up and cried out, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Now this he said about the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were to receive. For as yet the Spirit had not been given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. If you've been around Christians much, uh, one of the sad things, one of the saddest things about us is it seems like we're always spoiling for a fight. I mean, just spoiling for a brawl, like good old-fashioned theological throwdown. All right, what is your pneumatology? Do you want to talk about pneumatology? Do you want to have a debate about pneumatology and the access or the power or the potential of the Holy Spirit? Is that what you want to do? It's funny, we're going to, this text we're looking at, John 7, verses 37 and following. There's a few verses there. Do you know that I'd say sit at the heart of the biggest division in our history as a church? I'm talking about the biggest division historically. In fact, in point of fact, You've heard of the Eastern Orthodox Church, haven't you? It's a branch of the church that is separated from the Roman Catholic tradition around 800 A.D. And it was over this text and others like it, asking the question, what's your pneumatology? How dare you say the Holy Spirit proceeds from a person? How dare you say it proceeds from God? Or how dare you say it proceeds from the Father versus the Son, or the Son and the Father, or both? Do you want to have a discussion about pneumatology? Do you want to have a debate? When I was reading about the history of the interpretation of this text, you know what hit me? It all misses the wild cry of the Son of God in this moment. This, this, whole, this, whole little, this little snippet, it's not connected before or after. It just sits there beautiful, beautifully in the text, ensconced in his own little moment. You can, it captures a moment, too. It captures a moment. They all remembered it. They were all sitting around. Jesus is over there. There's an event going on called the, in the feast. We're going to look at that a little bit. They're, they're all talking about it. They're watching the water, which was carried every day in the feast. And what is it? You hear it? Christ just gets up. And he cries aloud. If anyone is, whoa. Isn't it a shame to take the offer of the Son of God, his invitation to sinners to come. Well, let's, let's make that, let's make that a pneumatology debate. Because what, hap- what happens, what happens to us as Christians? We, we get ideas like this, maybe you maybe come to Scripture like this, and, or we learn Scripture, we learn biblical ideas, we learn theology ideas, so we could, I don't know, impress friends. Maybe not worldly friends, but definitely Christian friends. Or maybe, uh, maybe we do it so we can win an argument and beat somebody in, the, in arguments. But the reason, it just misses it all, doesn't it? It just misses, it goes right by him. And I, wanna, I, wanna, I guess in one sense in this sermon, I'm like thinking to myself, I want to warn you, don't go right by him. Don't, don't come here, don't come to this church or any church hoping for an addition to your theological knowledge. Because I doubt you need more. I sincerely suspect you need an intimate Knowledge of a living Savior. That's my, 
That's what I suspect. And, and Christ's wild cry, it just erupts. And you can, it's amazing to me. It's amazing to me that we as Christians can debate for centuries over the work of the Spirit and miss, miss this truth. And that's something, it's, I know it's, it's par for the course. It's what we're like. But you know what? Christian theological controversy is first, boring. Second, it's irrelevant. Usually it's an obscure wrangling over words. It makes us look bad before the world. It's usually trying to pin down God to a system. And finally, it just doesn't learn from anybody else's perspective, does it? You know what I think of when we are busy having pneumatological debates and the Son of God is crying out to the world, come? You know what I hear? You know what I hear in the background? Like we heard on that RF speaker? I hear Satan laughing his butt off. Just laughing. And laughing. That we get busy about the wrong thing. We worry over things that are irrelevant. And we miss the beauty of the Son of God. What I want to talk to you about tonight, what I see here in this text, what, what captures my, my imagination and my attention, is, is this wild cry from Christ, right? This wild cry of grace. This wild cry of grace. And, we, and the need, he's telling us here, for a spirit-gushing ministry. A spirit-overflowing ministry. A spirit ministry that can't... The word there for river is plural. Rivers in you. It's, it's, the, world, it's, the, it's the words of overflow, of uncontrollable outpour. <sighs> and what I think we most need in this age, while the church becomes increasingly irrelevant and powerless is we need a Holy Spirit ministry. We need a great work of the Holy Spirit in this age. If he's pleased to do it. So that, that's my premise. Let's dive right in. Because we hit grace right out the gate. Come. Come, he says. And what is, what is the standard? What, what must you come with? Come. Come holy. Come. Come if you're holy. Come. No, it doesn't say that. Come if you're righteous. Come if you're righteous. No, it doesn't say that. What is the qualifying moment? What's the qualifying, what's the qualifying attitude? What is the qualifying na nature you need to have? Thirst. Pure. Naked. I need a drink of water or I die. Thirst. Praise him. I, I, look, guys, right out the gate. <laughs> right out the gate. Right out the gate. His invitation is all about grace. There's no qualifying for this other than the need. And, and really, the admitting of the need, isn't it? Who's, who is thirsty but the person who knows they don't have the thing they desperately need? You know, Christ is so consistent. He began his, began his ministry by proclaiming and preaching, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. For what? For what? They will be filled. All the promises of the kingdom are here. And right out the gate... Thirst. <laughs> I don't know about you. I, I find this so freeing, so, so amazing, so inviting, so wonderful. <laughs> this is the qualifying work. So what is the message? I, I want to stop for one moment of this. This invitation, I, if you don't know Christ tonight, I want you to hear there is an invitation to come. There's a hunger you have, a hunger for meaning in life and peace and, and joy and freedom. Christ has got it. He is existentially claiming and offering to you transformation like you've never had before. I've tasted it. Some here have too. You can taste it too, but I want you to hear something else here. This is definitely an invitation to people who are already in the God's circle, I think. 
already kind of get some of who he is, and already around him. They're already in the, the religious sphere, right? These are all religious people he's talking to. Come. And I hear especially, I hear especially tonight, in my heart, a desire for him, a command in a sense, something we have to learn, is we need to hone our thirst. You don't need to hone a knife, getting nice and sharp, getting the right edge, so yeah, we need to hone our thirst. Um, I almost think, I've wondered sometimes, like, how do you hone thirst? How do you, how do you increase your thirst for Jesus? An awareness of sin, awareness of weakness, awareness of failure. Let's turn to his holy law and ask ourselves, what have we been? What have we done? Where have we been? How have we succeeded? What have we left undone? You know, it's really, you know, our struggle with shame is profound, isn't it? <laughs> oh. But he's saying, if you will study how to become thirsty, <laughs> if you will go to the places you will learn what it is to be hungry for me, guess what? Guess at that moment, then all bets are off. Because I will make you gush rivers of water out of you. That's pretty amazing. That's pretty cool, isn't it? You hear the, I don't want you to hear the grace here. I want you to hear the grace that goes on in this. Because, you know, it's not even about personality or anything like that. God's grace and his gifts and the work of the Spirit. A lot of us, we're like, you know, that's not my personality, Chris. It's not my personality to get involved. Or, it's not my disposition or my predisposition or my predilection. It's not my attitude. It's not where I come from. I don't like to pray out loud or I don't like to share with people. I don't like to talk to people. <sighs> yeah, we all have those things. I know we all get in these places where we think there's some part of holiness that we just don't fit into. But I want you to hear something here in ministry and the work of the Lord. If you believe and you're thirsty, guess what? Fact, point of fact, you're a gusher. That's, that's, the, way it is. that's the way it is. That's the promise. That's the truth of this statement. And I love that. <laughs> you know, I, I want something to transcend my personality. You know, I, don't you? I don't want to be stuck with this guy. Do you? No, not a, she doesn't want to be. And she is stuck. <sighs> this wonderful, wild word of grace is telling us that we have a spirit gushing work beyond personality and beyond our predispositions and beyond what we think. You know, I've heard you've heard this before. You know, I've asked some of you to think about being in leadership and ministry. Some of you, some of you different parts for the church that we're hoping that God is putting together. I want you to hear something. God does not call qualified people. He does not call people who are qualified. He qualifies those he calls. Praise him. That's what he does. He makes you a gusher. He makes you a gusher. A gusher of living water, of Holy Spirit power, of raw knowledge of grace and God's love. I almost have a sense here that God is saying to us, and Christ is saying to us in this moment, if we will trust him, if we will hone our thirst to a sharp edge, he, God, will make us all that we can be. Something beautiful in this. Now, I want to, I want to teach you something. Tal sent me an article. She sends me a little article from time to time and, uh, for me to read. And one of them was really kind of fascinating. It was, it was about a therapeutic help called, um, called uh, learning to talk to yourself. It was called distance self-talking. And I think this text is in a good place to start with this. Distanced self-talk. Have you ever heard of this? So a lot of times when we talk to ourselves, we say, I. 
I did this, I'm a loser, or I failed, or I sinned, or I want to follow God, or I'm, I'm a gush, I've got, you know, I've got streams of living water in me, something like that, or I don't. Well, let's talk about that for a second. I, in distant self-talk, you're ta- you teach yourself not to say I anymore. And by the way, this isn't merely modern t- uh, psychobabble. The scriptures teach us this. David teaches us this. David says, hey, soul, hey, soul, hey, you, hey, hey, soul, why are you so downcast in there? Hey, why are you, what is that? Distance, self-talk. You're talking to yourself in the second person. I want to invite you to start talking to yourself in the second person. Gina used to say, hey, Gina, you, where's the fountain? Where's the gush? Where's my thirst? This is, this is a self-evaluation tool. You see, you ask yourself, where's your hunger? Where's your thirst? Where's your driving passion? Distance self-talk is a way to talk about it. It's also a way to encourage yourself. I mean, you look at yourself, or I say, I'm a loser. But it's different from me saying, I'm a loser, I fail, I can't follow Jesus. I can't seem to get it right, I can't seem to do it. And it's a different one to say, you know what, you are, 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 are a river of living water. It's just completely different. I'm not listening to some nonsense about myself. I am declaring myself, you, you. We can do that with this text, can't we? We can talk to ourselves and identify this and say it's a way of looking at yourself the way God is looking at you and saying, look, look what my Savior has said. I know I need to do this a lot because if I get caught in all the I language, look, you know, it's all about me, remember? And and all the my I language, then it's all about me in the end, right? The you language. I I hear my Savior's voice. You, you. This is one of those places where the second person is so valuable for us as Christians. As believers. And it's one of the ways the Holy Spirit does his work of getting in there and, in, and, and building the hunger, building the thirst that demands an, a, a, a desire, demands a slaking, a, a, a satisfaction. Now, it occurred to me, though, this is such an invitation to life. But, you know, I... Jesus taught us something. Remember he said that, you know, it's not what's outside of you. It's not your parents. It's not your society. It's not, the, it's not what's outside you that makes you unclean. It's what comes out of you. It's what comes out of you that makes you unclean. It's not your inputs. It's your outputs. It's your outputs. Because it seems to me you're, we're all flowing with something. You know? Some of it's, 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 it's bull patties, right? Whatever. Some of it's it's resentment. Some of it's it's hatred. Some of it's it's vitriol. It's disappointment. It's demanding this. Why hasn't he showed up? Why is God not shown? I don't know what yours is. But we are all flowing all the time with words, gestures, attitudes, criticisms, hurtful things, irrelevancies, ignoring people, brushing them. You are. You don't even know it. You know, it's funny as a preacher. And his teachers have told me this, too. When you're teaching a class, people in the class think you don't see things. You see just about everything from up here. And I can often tell whether you're clued in or clued out, whether you care or don't care. And, say, and you sit there and you just like, feel so powerless. And I, I got, because what's flowing out of you? I can feel it. Haven't you ever felt around me a good flow? And then haven't you sometimes felt a bad flow? I know. Come on. But one of the things I love about this is, the, is, the, is this idea Jesus says, Come! If thirsty, and there's this idea that we can turn from flowing with garbage and turn to flowing with the Spirit by setting our minds on Christ, 
by setting our thoughts and our affections and our desires on him. By, by this is exactly, this is all Romans 8. Thou mind set on Christ's life, the mind set on the flesh is death. And all it does is, 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 is flow with effluvia and filth and sewage. That is what flows out of us by our natures. Oh, but, oh. Thirsty. You thirsty yet? Anybody thirsty yet? Anybody hungry for a work of God yet? Are you, like, look, this isn't a joke. Are you crying out in your heart right now as I speak for me? If you're not, get too busy then. Do it for one another. This is the need of the hour. The church is dying. I don't know what's going to happen in the West. God is walking away. I think we've, I think we've betrayed him. I think he doesn't want anything to do with us anymore in his glory. The church is dying. It's time to get thirsty. I feel my thirst building sometimes, and I almost don't know what to do with it. We need, we, we, we need the God to give us a thirst that is intolerable, right? Holy Spirit, do that. But I haven't gotten to the good part yet. <laughs> I haven't gotten to the good part yet. This wild word of grace, <laughs> it gets better. This wild word of grace, it gets better. Because we become the gushers that bring life to other people. All right, it says the language, the language of the text here, language in the Hebrew, um, in this word, uh, out of his heart, it says there, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. This is where the filioque controversy of pneumatology happened, right? And they were saying, oh, wait, the Holy Spirit doesn't come out of people. Holy Spirit only proceeds from the Father, or something like that. And these were arguments that were going back and forth, right? Meanwhile, they're missing something. I don't, I don't even know how they could have thought this. If you went back to John 4, when you, remember John 4, the town tramp? The girl's been all around. The girl that Jesus names her. She's easy. She's been with everybody in this little town. And he tells her she's going to be a stream of living water. And you know what? That whole town hears about Jesus. The whole town and many people came to Christ. You see, something happens here. There's a moment of transition, right? Where, where we are thirsty and we're looking for the water. We're thirsty and we want gushing water. We're thirsty, we want the overflow. And then, in that process, I'm, I'm standing here in this overflow. And then some spills on Jack. He's right here, right? And then we're, we're meeting on Tuesday, Spencer, and some spills, spills on you. And then some of yours spills on me. And the places we are and we're with each other. You know, I, I, there's an old expression in ministry. I want you all to hear this because I want you all to put it into practice. I don't think it's just for ministers. And it's a shame only ministers hear it. But they, this, is the old, this is the old saying. If you, come, if you light a fire in your heart, or if God lights a fire in your heart, people will come just to watch it burn. Just to watch it burn. That's kind of cool, you know. You know, I, I've played with that over the years. I may even talk to you, but I've used this with you, Spencer, because this is idea then, I feel like, this is really true with Joyce. Joyce is like a, Joyce is like a big fireplace in God, right? It's like you stand next to her, oh yeah. So you can warm, you warm yourself, right, by the fire that God has in her. There's another image of that, another metaphor for that, and that's water, right? I can stand here with a cup, and if I come with a cup in my knee to Joyce at any time I have, what happens? What happens, Natalie? She fills up your cup, right? Because Jesus is in her. 
she's a gusher. That's just what happened. That's the gushing work of Jesus. Praise him. Now, I want you to hear something here. When you choose not to go to church, not to be a part of the fellowship, not to be a part of intimacy with one another, you know what you're doing? You're stopping up the dam. You're just stopping it all up. Well, you know what? Corey doesn't need that. He doesn't need any water from me. He can go dry. I've got my water, and my water is for Ted or whoever. I want you to get something here, right? That your absence in my life is robbing me of living water. And not just me, it's robbing Carol and Tal and Jack and Gina and all of us. You hear it? Now look, you're all, look, I know, I know we're living our lives, we're all trying to keep our distance, we've got things to do, we've got jobs we want to get, we've got, or we've got houses and lives to maintain, but I hate how separate we are from each other. I, and, 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 but anyway... Father, I want you to do this work. I, and let me tell you something. One of, the, one of the miraculous things I've seen in this work, and this is where I want to invite you in because it's not about personality. It's not about your power. It's not about your, your predilections or anything. Because it's all about grace. You see, this is what I found. This is, this is what sucks me. I have gone to meetings. And Spencer, uh, Corey, too. If you ever met with me a lot, you'll see this. Ted's seen it. I'll go to a meeting like this. I mean, it's awful. I will wake up in a place where I am filled with pain, doubt, fear, and I'm just so angry that I have to get up and meet these people. Right? I had a particularly bad, bad morning about three months ago. Really bad one. And Drew had asked to do prayer with me at 7.30 a.m. So 7 a.m. on a Wednesday morning. I was furious. I was so angry. I, I mean, I was really like, I was awoke, I was angry, and I was angry, not just that angry, but that sad, that sad, resenting anger, like just like, just self-pitying, like, hey, you know? You know, it's like stupid stuff, you know, like a child. I was so curmudgeonly. Well, I decided, yeah, I might as well leave with that. So I go right in and tell Drew, I don't really be here, and I really don't want to do, take this call, and I'd really rather just go back to bed. And you know what Drew does? And you're going to get to know Drew. And Drew goes, okay, so you want to read the first part, or you want me to read it? I'm like, I j- I'll read it. That's exactly what he just battled right ahead. And I'm like, uh, uh, okay, uh, didn't give me a no. He was, he reported to me later that just in our time together of worship, as the Spirit was moving, that it was a turning point for him in encouragement and grace in his life. What? I remember, you know what I said to Jesus later? Really? 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 You got to do this to me, and this, and this, and this, and this, and this, and then finally, finally, I could be useful? Apparently. <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> But by doing all that to me, by, by pushing me as hard as the Lord has done over the years, what's he, what's he increased more than anything? Thirst. So thirsty. I want more. I want more. I want to praise God that he honors that moment of thirst with Drew. And what came out of that? Rivers. Living water. <laughs> I love it. What could happen here? 
What happens if we start breaking out of some of our limits that we put in ourselves and we start trusting God with new things, trusting God with conversations? Oh, there's going to be, there's going to, we're going to hit it. We're going to bump our toe and bump all sorts of things, but it's going to get hard sometimes. But oh, I want to move towards the kingdom and the power of the living God. I want to move towards that. I want to move towards thirst and the abundance of the Holy Spirit. I want to move towards a Holy Spirit ministry. I don't care what your pneumatology is. I don't care what your theology is about that. I want the living God, don't you? There's a, there's, a, there's a benefit. Did you know this? I didn't know this. And I, I, we may or may not have it. But there's a benefit to all this water. And that, that river of water that deposited like five and a half inches in one day, you know, as it goes over the mountains, it goes up into the mountains, it just keeps depositing water. And there's been huge snowfalls and everything. But do you know what happens in California after a major, major rainstorm like this it only happens every 10 20 years sometimes the last time it happened was nearly 50 or 60 years ago called a super bloom you see in the desert there are buried in the sand billions of seeds they sit there for years waiting for that one moment when they will germinate and spread their seeds again right happens every 30 40 maybe 50 years depending on how arid it is out here and how dry but we got all this water and it looks like we might have a super bloom. You know what that means? All of Joshua Tree in that desert will become a garden like that. Isn't that cool? That dry and dusty, formidable desert with the Joshua trees and it looks like another planet. It's going to look like a garden. <laughs> and if you're lucky enough to see it, I want to get out and see it. It may or may not happen. Sometimes it happens, sometimes it doesn't. We're, we're, we're set up for it. Wouldn't it be amazing to see a super bloom spiritually in San Francisco? To see the Holy Spirit do something that flowers for his glory and praise through us. I don't know, guys. You want to dream this with me? This, this text, this promise, this Savior, he invited us. He is inviting everyone. So he's inviting us as a church. He's inviting you now. Hone your thirst. And he will gush out of you rivers upon rivers of living, healing water. The healing of the nations. That's what that water is in, in Ezekiel and in Revelation. Let's pray. Oh, Father. Oh, Father, thank you for sharing living water with us. Thank you for your son, Jesus. And thank you that, that when we come to him thirsty, you know, he'll fill us up. He won't just fill us up, he'll, he will overflow. Father, will you make our church, our community, a place of that overflow? <laughs> would you do that, Father? Would you, would you address what's resisting in us? Maybe we... Maybe we're not thirsty because we've been satisfying ourselves with the world's treats. Maybe we're not thirsty because... We're too busy, or we lost our hope in you. It'll make us thirsty again. And it's so wonderful, Father, that we actually can use our thirst, take our thirst to people and tell them about it, and you bring healing. <laughs> You're so amazing. You're so wonderful. You're so full of grace. You're so tender in your grace. And all your children have to say is, oh, Daddy, I'm so thirsty. And you'll be right there.